welcome back to Crime Pros, the Halloween special. It is our season finale today and our Halloween special all in one super compact episode. We're going to have a great time and we have a guest who is our guest just because y'all seem to listen more when he's on the podcast. So everyone, please welcome back Nick. Hi, Nick. Hey, how's it going? Are you excited to be on the podcast? As always, so excited. Thank you for having me. You don't have to lie to the people, Nick. (laughs) I'll try not to. I don't think there's such a thing as a Halloween pro. So this week, you get to chat with me about Halloween. How do you feel about Halloween? I do like Halloween. It's, uh, It's a fun time of the year. Well, on today's episode, we're calling it a Halloween special because, uh, well, for two reasons. One, we have Nick, but also today's episode is covering the four spookiest Halloween crimes as reported by Oxygen. So if you want any of our sources on this, um, you can check the show notes after. But what Nick and I are going to do is we're going to go through four different crimes that were committed on Halloween from the least spooky to the most spooky. And we're going to tell you the shortest little baby version of those stories. Um, But the twist to everything is that neither of us has actually read these stories yet. I like glanced at the headlines and know a little bit about some of the cases, but we don't actually know the contents of the story. So we're going to be reacting in real time with all of you. So Nick, are you ready for our four spookiest Halloween crimes? Yes, I also know the one that you're reading because I watched the movie recently. Girl, you weren't supposed to read them yet. (laughs) That's the whole point. Well, without further ado, these are the four spookiest Halloween crimes. So I have number four, The Candyman. And this is a story from Halloween 1974, and it was in Houston, Texas. And I feel like this is maybe the most infamous of the four crimes. Like, I've definitely heard of this one before. So in 1974, Ronald O'Brien gave out pixie sticks in Houston, Texan, Texan, in Houston, Texas, to two kids and three other people um, as Halloween treats. What they didn't know was that, you know, a pixie stick is usually just like a, a paper tube with some sugary stuff in it. He put something in the pixie sticks, a chemical, that killed one of his own children. According to Harold Nassif, the former Pasadena detective sergeant who investigated this case back in the 70s said, Ronald O'Brien said the boy responded after he ate some of it, that it was very bitter and didn't taste right. And what they discovered was that these candies were spiked with cyanide. And Timothy O'Brien was poisoned to death and died only one hour after eating a pixie stick that his father gave to him. Luckily, no one else uh, died, but others did have pixie sticks laced with cyanide. 
Now, at first, O'Brien, you know, just claimed to be this sad, grieving, confused father because his son had just died. But after, you know, authorities did their investigation, they found out that he had taken out life insurance policies on his children, two of which had been given the cyanide laced pixie sticks. And it was discovered that O'Brien himself had laced these candies with drugs to kill his own children to collect the life insurance money. How awful. Yeah, it's quite cynical, if you ask me. Killing your own kid, that's, that's rough. And that was only number four. I know, right? But well, that takes us to number three. And it's time for the murder of Ronald Sisman and Elizabeth Platzman. Ronald Sisman, who was 39, and Elizabeth Platzman, who was 20, both were students at Smith College, which is in Massachusetts. They were beaten to death in their apartment on Halloween night in 1981. Police thought that the murders were related to a robbery and believed that Ronald Sisman may have known the killer because there was really no signs of forced entry or anything that would have indicated someone broke in. At one point, there was allegations that David Berkowitz, which we all know is the son of Sam, may have known or may have had knowledge of the case. However, it still remains unsolved to this day. Oh, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Oh. Well, that's spooky. <laughs> I know. Crazy. I mean, murder's never, like, murder's always terrifying, but I almost feel like number four was more terrifying than this one. Yeah. Well, probably, yeah, I would say so, but, like, not being able, I guess, for the family to not know what happened and, you know, truly happened is unfortunate. That's true. I would say. And I'm not trying to downplay what happened to these victims at all. I just, there's no information that's scary. Like, why was it, yeah. like, were these two a couple? Were they friends? Were they related? Also, I think you, I don't remember if you said it or I read it somewhere, but, like, they were in Manhattan, but they went to school in Massachusetts. Like, yeah. Like, I granted, need... those are pretty close as far as states are, are concerned. No. But look at me. I bet yeah. someone gets mad about my lack of knowledge of geography, but that's okay. <laughs> Moving on to number two, the East Coast Rapist. Aaron Thomas from Connecticut is known as the East Coast Rapist, and he is suspected of a bunch of rapes throughout his entire life, obviously, on the East Coast. He has been a suspect for a number of crimes spanning about 14 years, 14 years of active crime, rape, all these terrible things. And one of his most famous, if you want to call it that, incidents happened on Halloween 2009, and it involved three separate rapes and abductions. And according to Ronald Hosko, who is the special agent in charge of 
the criminal division of the FBI's Washington field office. He said assaults in the East Coast rapist investigation spanned more than 400 miles in 12 incidences, presenting major obstacles for investigators. He continued to say, Quote, but this capture is an excellent example of a coordinated law enforcement effort tying together 14 years of hard work by investigators who never gave up, end quote. Um, this man was arrested in New Haven, Connecticut sometime in March in 2011 and was indicted on 54 charges, according to NBC. Um, some of those included rape, abduction, um, and two of those counts of rape and three counts of abduction were connected to a case in Prince William County, Virginia on that Halloween night that we just talked about when Thomas attacked three teens that were trick-or-treating and then he took them into a wooded area and raped two of them, both of whom were minors. Uh, if you want to try and find some kind of silver lining in this terrible case, it's that he was sentenced to three life terms in prison and will probably die there. That is crazy. Usually you send your kids out with other kids or maybe a guardian, but you would think that they wouldn't be, you know, targeted if there was a group of them. I wouldn't really worry about stuff like teenagers like it said that two of these three kids were 17 like I mean you worry about everyone and actually on last week's episode I talked about the co-ed killer and how he just kind of makes everyone scared all the time so I don't know you're you always have that fear but like you just assume that it's like a bunch of 17 year olds together like they're gonna be fine like, that's just so scary yeah but, but no, I completely agree I'm glad they caught him yeah exactly well, that takes us to number one. I like how you gave me the scariest one. Uh, number <laughs> one is the all-too-real Halloween prank. So in 2010, on Halloween night in Martin, Ohio, which is a small town around 20 miles or so from Toledo, uh, Devin Griffin, he's 16, went back home after attending church to a gruesome murders fit for a Halloween horror movie. Three of his family members dead as he I've walked I've heard of this one. Oh, I have seen this one. Okay, keep going, sorry. <laughs> he was able to contact his aunt, who then called the police about the incident. Uh, Griffin told the Ottawa County Police that he thought the bodies were a prank pulled off for Halloween. Nonetheless, William Liskey Jr., was ultimately arrested in connection to the killings, which involved both of his parents and another family member. He reportedly had a history of mental illness prior to his arrest and was eventually sentenced to life in prison for the terrible Halloween murders. Crazy. Wait, so I feel like we breezed through that. So Devin Griffin found the bodies. Mm-hmm. Like they were his parents. Correct. And William Liskey was... The person who killed the parents. William Liskey was Devin's stepbrother, so he killed his parents. Interesting. Yes, that's how they that's were all... That's 
crazy. Sorry, I feel like we breezed through that because we were just using the reporting. But see, and if I hadn't heard of this case before, we would have never known that. But William Lisky yeah. was Devin's stepbrother. But he killed his parents on Halloween. Dun dun dun. Terrifying. And his motive was mental illness, right? He suffered from mental illness. Which is just so. so sad. And I've said this so many times on this podcast, but, but you've got to get people the help they need. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Well, these are our four spooky Halloween crimes. Spooky. Very. Well, um, thanks, Nick, for joining us for today's Halloween special. Listeners, hope you um, keep it safe this Halloween, you know? Don't do any of these crazy things. We're going to have fun on Halloween, but it's always good to remember that um, we got to keep our eyes out. I hope that you also enjoyed this season of Pride... Me? I hope you also enjoyed this season of Crime Pros. Make sure to uh, listen to every episode if you haven't already, because this will be our last episode of the season. So stay tuned after the show for a special Amp Media announcement. But until then, stay safe, friends. Thank you for listening to Crime Pros. Make sure to download this episode and subscribe to the show. If you like our true crime stories, head over to Apple Podcasts and let us know with a five-star review. Crime Pros is hosted by Jace Lucas and is a production of Amped Media. This week's guest is Nick Masters. Connect with us on Instagram and Facebook at Amped Media Official. Stay tuned for an Amped Media special announcement after the show. there amped media listeners thank you so much for all of your support in 2021 from the life inspired to crime pros it's been so amazing to see you engaging with our shows every single week right now i wanted to let you know that we will be taking a holiday break for the rest of this year i know but i think we need to take the last two months off just to refresh and rest and plan and Podcasting is not easy, so just give us a little bit of time to get things back in order, to enjoy the holidays with our families, and we hope to see you again with new content very, very soon.